The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials that draft rugby across pretty much every platform. Tonight, it's just the dream team with Kagi not able to join us as he puts in the big hours to freshen up our website. How good does that feel? It's good. This is going to be the best podcast ever. For sure. So uh, he's jumped in early, but Nelson, how are we going? Yeah, doing, doing really well, knowing I don't have to listen to Craig's all, all this pod. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. You doing well? Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. In, in all seriousness, though, it, it is a bit of a shame not having Craig's here to rein us in. So hopefully we don't get too carried away arguing live on a podcast. But um, we have got a hell, hell of a lot of information <clears throat> with fantasy tips, lineup changes, et cetera, for uh, the New Zealand conference. So really looking forward to getting stuck in. Yeah, look, this pod's going to have a lot of juicy bits. This is one of the most important pods of the year for sure. You know, we're going to try and you know touch on most players, but, I mean, I'd be getting your pen and paper out ready to, to write down some things. And we've been lucky enough to have Sumo Stevenson <clears throat> uh, on the last couple of years for this podcast, and he's no longer <clears throat> in and around the, the rugby uh, the rugby. I guess circles yeah. nearly as much as what he used to be. So it's going to be a shame not doing this with him. But um, I think it's fair to say that we've got some big shoes to fill to try and <laughs> to try and make up for the lack of information that uh, won't be here. Losing him is almost counterbalanced by losing Craig's. That's right. We're almost on par. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So in tonight's pod, for the entree, we're going to make our predictions on who will be the top New Zealand fantasy players across Super Rugby Aotearoa and the Trans-Tasman competition. We'll give you our top three unique <clears throat> players. Craig's will have given him the uh, the ability to go first to make it easy, and then Nelson and then myself. For the main course, we're deep diving into the five New Zealand franchises, their team ins and outs, their <clears throat> best lineups, and keeping you up to date with our stock market, so who's rising, falling, and some smokies in there as well. And then finally, for dessert, we'll give you our predictions for the New Zealand Conference rankings, who's going to make Super Rugby Aotearoa the final, <clears throat> and, uh, and how the New Zealand teams might fare in the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman competition that follows. Which we all know can't be too good against the Aussie sides. That's right. Yeah. So without further ado, the, the uh, entree. So predictions for the top three fantasy players of the Kiwi Conference. We, we wanted to make it easy on Craig's. So he's gone first. He's picked. Hold on. Hold on. Are we going oh, for yeah. last year first? No, yeah, you're jumping the gun. Oh, so on. 2020, I wanted to see how good we were last year. So Kagi went Sevu Race. Have you got the uh, the table up there for me? Sevu Race. Sevu Race. That's for Sevu Race. Yeah, okay, go average. No, go average. That's, that's oh, fair because they played different amounts of games. No, no, but they went different amounts of games. So, Severi Reese, if you scroll down, is he even on the first page? Damian McKenzie, you said, and Akira Yuane as well. So, Severi Reese is in there about what, 20th, 15th? Akira Yuane and Damian McKenzie, anywhere to be seen? No, I mean, Damian McKenzie is definitely on the Akira top. Akira Yuane slightly below Sever. Yeah, and uh, D Max not on the first page, not, not, not right. even close. So he was awful for, what, third year <clears throat> running? Yeah, it's, it's a fail. You, Nelson, went Braden Enor. I don't think he scored any points last year, did he? Braden Enor. Yeah, he's <laughs> right up there. Anton Leonard-Brown and Shannon Frizzell. Frizzy was up there. Frizzy was top one. Uh, he six. was top six. Yeah, okay. Good call. Yeah, I take it. And I, yet I've got the nerve to put him in my stocks falling, but spoilers for later. Yeah. And, uh, and Anton Leonard-Brown, no, surely he was there. Surely he was up there. 
Wow. Okay, not top 25. And how did I go? Nani La Mape, Fetu Douglas, and Richie Moonga. Richie Moonga, number one pick. Yeah, let's just point out you went first. Uh, disagree. You went first and you picked Richie Moonga. That's, don't be too excited, mate. You went first and you've got one. I didn't change the order here, mate. You did. No. You got Bashir as well. That's I am, to need, I'm a genius. No one yeah, went to Douglas, no one near it, mate. It's fair too, but no worries. Yeah, and that right. was close. <laughs> Injury. He went first. He actually was. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I get it. I'm number one here. Uh, Super Rugby 2021. All right, so show us. What did Kagi say? So Kagi's gone the easy route, exactly what, you know, you know he'll be up there because same thing as Harry. He picked Richie Mola. Very easy points there, low-hanging fruit. Then he's gone Will Jordan, which, I mean, we believe is the low-hanging fruit as well. We both would have had both of them in our sides. Literally one and two of 2020. So Richie Moonga was literally 19 points higher than anyone else in the competition on averages. So if he plays, he's surely going to be up there. I think and was, Willie Jordan was second. Yeah, Moonga, I think, was like sixth or seventh points per minute. And this is including players that play a minute and score a try. You know, like he is just right up there and he played bulk minutes as well. Absolutely amazing. And then his third one's from left field, Zahn Sullivan, who, I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about in our, our most recent pods, the the Young Hot Shit podcast. But Hot shit. I didn't have a button already. <laughs> Damn it. But no, look, uh, I think that's a big call. So at least he's gone out and, on a limb for one, but he's going to be wrong. Yeah, I think Kagi is definitely one to buy into the hype train, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to steal one that he'll be kicking himself that he didn't think of. But Nelson, you are your seconds. Oh look, I, I, being a forward, I thought I threw a few forwards in there. But look, I, my first one is David Havili. David Havili will go into a bit of his details later. Was an absolute weapon before missing most of Super Rugby Aotearoa. So I just think he'll go right back up. He'll he'll be top two, top three for me. Uh, Cody Taylor, I think you know he's going to be right up there. He's got less competition this year with a Macaleo injury, so I think he's in the Crusaders. He's going to be right end of the scoring, uh, you know, side of the table consistently so i think he'll be right up there again 29 years old pretty peak and uh lucky Boshier, who was a bit contentious for me a little bit tricky but i just love the player so i had to put him on the list yeah i've got questions on all those players but we actually <clears throat> dive into all of them yeah. uh later the one i will ask though cody taylor i thought he wasn't scoring as many rolling more trials tries last <clears throat> year as he had in previous seasons i guess that means that you're backing him to get back into some try scoring form no look not really he was fifth last year he got the same as Aaron Smith. He was only a couple of points behind Bushier, you know, six points behind Will Jordan. Um, for me, I, I think, you know, top five last year, he's got less competition this year. Even if he's not getting those tries, mm. he was dominant last year. So for me, I think he's massive. I think fair to say this is all on averages this year because yeah. people missing games because of COVID and stuff is a bit unfair. So we're picking highest average, right? Yeah, he was right up there for, for everything there. He was, he was. Uh, okay, so mine, um, this is what the listeners have come for for their first three fantasy picks. Not really. Uh, Nani La Mape, I think he missed mm. all of Super Rugby Aotearoa. But um, what, what an absolute machine and has been the best centre in the game for a long period of time. And, you know, I don't think a centre's ever <clears> topped the overall scores, but I think he was sitting something like seventh last year on averages despite his limited game time. So very, very good. Uh, and then I've gone, I'll save my smoky pick for last. I've gone Damian McKenzie. I, I was a little <clears> bit disappointed <throat> with him last year. He was down. How low was he? And I was like, I feel like you just looked at that. He was 37th, mate. He had the same average points as Lucan Salakar-Lotto. So yeah. he's a lock. That's pretty concerning. He he obviously came back <clears> from his <throat> knee injury a year earlier, and I just don't think he's kind of he was fully up to his speed. So the argument is, is he <clears> past <throat> it, or is he just taking that extra season to get his zip back? And 
I am such a Damien McKenzie lover that I've just convinced myself that surely it's like Yeah, I love the I love the bloke, but I think it means he's he's past it. I think he's just lost that little bit of toe. Oh, well, that's why you didn't pick him. You left him for me, so I'll be right again. Yep. And uh, finally, the man that Kagi definitely should have picked over Zan Sullivan. I agree. <laughs> Salisi Rayasi. Yeah, massive. So ob- obviously the only contentious issue here is the the Olympic Sevens. Um, and to kind of put that out there right now, it looks like the only uh, – the, basically no players have been signed. There, there is one that I'll get to in the Chiefs preview. But Salisi Rayasi may or may not go over to the Olympics. There's the head coach is saying something along the lines of, you know, even if we only get them at the end of Super Rugby Aotearoa, then we'll still have three months to get their conditioning right for Super for the Olympics. So I think he's kind of resigned himself to the fact that he won't get all his players for the entire time. Um, and that's plenty of time for Rayasi to make a big dent in Super Rugby now that Blam is Yeah, he's the Ben Lamb replacement, very similar in terms of his, his game. So going to be an exciting player. Uh, and then before we kick into the main course, the All Blacks resting protocol, I think was really, really clear last year, especially with Super Rugby starting earlier than ever in a long uh, international season as well. It, it kind of is a little bit more in a grey area this year. I, I don't think they're quite kind of telling us the same amount of information. What I have heard in a podcast somewhere was that out of the two trials they have before the game kicks off, they're looking at a 40-minute game time for the second trial so last year the rule was they played 40 minutes game one 60 game two then they could play 80 game three if they wanted they couldn't play more than i think five consecutive games and then they had to have two games off through the whole season now the season's not as long so i don't think they're going to be asking them to have two seasons off especially uh, two games off especially with covid looming to to potentially cancel games yeah i think that that just puts a question mark on it right you can't have you know, a defined protocol when the season, we don't know what the season's really going to look like. I, I think the big thing that we do know is that they've come back to training later than the, the non-international mm. players. So my expectation is they're going to be capped to most likely 60 minutes game one, mm. and then it'll kind of be all hell breaks loose after that. So maybe not quite as much of a handbrake for them as fantasy <clears throat> players this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, moving <clears throat> on. Jeez, we're efficient without Kaki. How much better is it? Yeah, look, we'll, we'll go straight into the first side. We know that Kagi won't listen to this either. Yeah, for sure. Just throw a dance at him. <laughs> the main course, the main yeah. course. All right. So like I said, we're looking at the five New Zealand teams. We're looking at ins and outs for each side and especially focusing on the big ones. Then we're going to look at the best side that we think they can field and then give your stock market updates as well. Uh, all this information yep. as well will be on blogs as well. So I've already released the Super Rugby Aotearoa preview blog. So make sure you get onto the, the uh, draftrugby.com website for that one. Uh, and you can also see all this information on YouTube as well, including some of the names we'll skim over that aren't as well known. We picked up in the new Hot Shit podcast Hot shit. and uh, YouTube video last week as well. So that's all out there. Do you want to start us off or do you want me to go? Look, I mean, you you were so hell-bent on starting for the Blues. I was. I was I was really enjoying them. <laughs> yeah, you were. I'll, I'll let you start here. Okay, thanks, mate. So new faces, <clears throat> the big ones here. So obviously Nepo Lalal is a massive in. He's a tight head prop coming across straight from the Chiefs. I think we all know that. But uh, he's a straight swap with Sione Mafaleo, who was their reserve prop last year. Um, big competition between him and Ofatu Ungofasi. Uh, I personally think that they'll just switch 50 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Um, but he's a massive, massive in and gives a lot of depth to their front row. <clears throat> then you've got Dylan Hunt coming across from the Highlanders. He's an awesome number seven, going to be add a lot of depth to their to their loose forwards where they've already got so much as well, but probably the one position that they weren't quite as stacked. Uh, you've got 
a couple of young guys in Jacob Ratamatavuki Neepkins and Zan Sullivan, both of who we mentioned in the new Hot Chip podcast. And Kagi's so excited by Zan Sullivan. He's got him as his third kick as the overall. Wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of a hyperbole, yeah. but yeah. Um, either way, very, very good. You've got a couple of other young guys, a, a couple of other good guys coming across. Joan Makalai Tori, who's obviously played for the Crusaders. AJ Lamb, the Auckland winger. You got Soani Vikena, the 19 year old hooker who's come in as uh, James Parsons, now retired only maybe a week ago or so. James Lay, Sam Darry, and Tane Plumtree as well. So a few guys in there who are going to be uh, probably in the wider squad. Yeah, in terms of losses, there's a, a very late loss with James Parsons. Uh, I think it was the retirement from his head injuries. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, he just couldn't get back into a, a playing shape, which is uh, something you've got to be. You know, very diligent with these days. Um, they've also got some other big losses. Uh, Mafaleo, Sione Mafaleo, um, Sam Caird, who's gone across to the Waratahs, James Tucker, who's gone across to the Brumbies. So Australia now going for the Kiwi locks. Good to see. Uh, Tony Lamborn, he he was just an absolute workhorse, added to that depth in the back row for them. Um, but, yeah, has been swapped out uh, with Dylan Hunt probably the better of the two, I think, in terms of yeah. filling some of those roles. Um, Bowden Barrett, absolutely massive, devastating loss. They knew it was coming, you know, so you can't be too surprised. Uh, Joe Marchant had an amazing season for me in terms of filling in, coming across from the UK. Huge uh, fan of his now, personally. I'm a big fan of his. That that was took a, a lot of courage as well. Matt Duffy as well. Uh, we have some differing thoughts at, at times about Matt Duffy, but he was a, a squad member who who could fill that, you know, the, the back three role. They also lost a lot of other players, but that's their big names. The best 15? Yeah, we're going to the best 15. So for us, the, the starters are Carl Tuanokuafi, uh, Kurt Eklund and Afatuanga Fasi as the front three, Patrick Tuapolotu and Josh Goodhue in the locks, Akira Yuwani at six, Doughton Papali'i and Hoskins Satutu. Yeah, weapons. Amazing uh, back row. In the back line, you've got Finlay Christie, who I think established himself as a starting nine <clears throat> back in the last year. A Terra Black, who should have first choice at the 10 jersey. I think that's pretty pretty well established. A centre combination of TJ Fayani and Rico Ioane, who, again, I think is pretty settled. Caleb Clark, obvious with his breakout season in the number 11 jersey. And then Mark Talea and Stephen Perifetta will have gone for it 14 and 15. And boy, they have some other depth there, you know, and the outside backs, Talia returning as well from his injury. So there is a bit of competition in some of those positions. Yeah, yeah, Talia actually is playing a lot of centre all the way through Mitre 10 Cup as well. Yep. So I actually think he'll be probably the third choice centre for them and maybe a, a really good option on the bench because he can cover basically the entire back line from, from 12 out but or 11 out. But we, we do have a couple of other big questions. So first one for me was the playmaker playmaker access of a Terra Black and Stephen Perra franchise. So this is obviously what they went for before Bowden <clears throat> came in last year and they were really successful. I think they won four out of five games, something like that, all by one game. Um, but they also have Harry Plummer, who I thought had a really good season as well. And Zahn Sullivan, who we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast already now. Thanks to What do you think, Nels? Do you think that Stephen Perry franchise is going to get the 15 jersey? There's, there is a lot of competition out there as well, or how do you see it playing out? For me, I think Perifet is the starting 15. The, the combination with him and Otero Black early on was was just too solid to, to you know, pass up uh, at, at this point. I think he's quite an experienced player now for them, so I think he's got that starting jersey and it's his jersey to lose. Yeah, fair play. I, I do agree. And I love watching him play. And <clears throat> as a fantasy player, bias, please yeah. pick him. 
So then the, the next question is the stacked loose forwards. So we've got Akira, Dalton, and Hoskins, but we've already mentioned Dylan Hunt filling that potential seven open side flanker role, and Tom Robinson. How do you leave Tom Robinson out of your side? Big sauce. The big sauce. Like, he is an absolute weapon. All Blacks, all Blacks player. They've also got uh, the former captain, Blake Gibson. So that is a stacked back row. You know, an injury or two here or there, and they can actually cover it, which is pretty pretty good depth. Yeah, basically without losing anything, which is <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely but amazing. I, I agree with you. I think Akira, six, Dalton yep. at seven, and Hoskins at eight. Uh, Tom Robinson might get a little bit of game time at six and at lock as well. He, he's just got the ability to cover lock and back row, which is an awesome thing to have yep. um, on the bench as well. And look, I, I think Blake Gibson, we have always underrated him compared to the New Zealand coaches. But I, I think the the big thing is he was captain for a reason. I know he's been stripped of that, so he's probably not in as high a regard as he used to be. But he's obviously in the frame there as well. Definitely. Our uh, next question is, who partners Patrick Tuipolotu? So, I mean, we mentioned Big Source. But I, I, for me, that's a pretty big call if he, he slots in there to to start. But I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if we do see him get a crack there at some point. Who are the other people competing for that, Harry? Josh Goodhue is obviously, I, I think, a real workhorse and a really solid player for them last year. And he shared a little bit of time with Jared Gerard Kelly Tuioti, yep. who is probably the more dynamic player that I was more excited to see run the ball. But partnering someone like Patrick Tuopoloto, I think Josh Goodhue is probably the perfect foil. If you want to replace that work rate, maybe big source. But again, I think he's probably suited more towards the, the blindside flanker role. I agree. I think Goodhue is the pick for me as well. Now, our next question, minute sharing for the Blues front row. So you were touching on the, that front row and that there's a few players there that you think could be, you know, sharing that role, Nepo Laulala and Ofatunga Fasi. But it's similar for the other positions as well. For uh, Carl Tuunakuafi, he's got Alex Hodgman. For Kurt Eklund, who we deservedly should get the start, he's got Ray uh, Nuia as well. So there's, you know, there's a fair bit of competition there. So it means we don't think they'll necessarily get bulk minutes. So it's something to be wary of. Although they are good players, they're going to be sharing those minutes. Yeah, that's right. I, I think I see this playing out a lot like the South African Test team uses their front row and a lot like the Brumbies use their front row as well, where they really bring on the entire squad at 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. And every now and then they'll swap them <clears> and, and change out who plays with what. I think the smartest thing they could do is play them as two distinct row, front yeah. rows so they can do their competitions. But the only thing I would say against that is Nepo Lalala is such a class player. I don't know that you can quite do it that way. Yeah. Um, Alex Hodgman as well has a really good case to make to say that he should be the starting prop over uh, uh, Kyle. Kyle. Yep. Sorry, but um, Kyle just keeps getting big. Kyle keeps getting picked in the All Blacks. Yeah. You got to think about this is the Super Rugby outer row as well. It's a very physical competition, so these players will share minutes more than they would in a normal Super Rugby season as well. Yeah, and uh, and that's right, and, and that's just important. Obviously, Offa is a huge fantasy player last year as well at prop, so I, I think personally that that kind of wears down some of his shine as well as a fantasy prop. Yeah, a little bit of a question mark over sevens. Will the Olympics go ahead? But people there that you know could potentially be lost to Caleb Clark, Celesi um, Rayasi, Natini Nana Saturo, and Scott Gregory. But my thought right now is you're not going to lose them too much. Yeah, and, and this is obviously coming up around the role of Caleb Clark, right? So you would expect that 
he apparently, you know, they're saying that he's in contact with the team a lot and that he's still pretty keen to be a part of the sevens. Um, I would I'd suggest that he'd be crazy to give up his All Blacks jersey. It's, you know, it's said time and time again that you give that jersey away, you're never getting it back. But um, I, I think really there, there is a lot of competition there and I think we're probably going to see him play the bulk of Super Rugby, but it is a risk if you're trying to pick up the, the new hot star. So let's let's move on to... Uh, yes, stocks are rising. Yep, I yep. to say that. So, I mean, I feel like we're biased here, but Stephen Perra franchise, we've already mentioned him. No Bowden Barrett means that he should really be the first choice for that 15 jersey. Uh, I, I guess his biggest threat is probably Zahn Sullivan, who the coach is a big fan of. But um, I, I think he's most likely going to get the bulk of the minutes, and he's just such an attacking threat. He hits the line, can come in at first receiver. He's got a good short kicking game as well. I, I'm a big fan of how he plays. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan. Kurt Eklund as well. I, I find this fascinating how Kurt Eklund's career has progressed. He's now 29 years old. He was not signed. I think he came in as injury cover last year. This year, he's still only in there as injury cover for the 19-year-old hooker, McKenna. Uh, he's got a two-year contract, but it doesn't start until 2022. Then we also have, as we said, James Parsons retiring. So surely that means they can just upgrade his contract. But I mm. haven't heard any confirmation around that. And then Ray Newey, who's the Samoan hooker, the reserve hooker yeah. uh, from the 2019 World Cup, is in that squad. Missed all of last year with injury as well, with an injury. So there, there's a lot of balls in the air around where they actually place him. But I just think he was outstanding <clears throat> last year. Probably one of the breakout hookers in the competition yeah. between Australia and New Zealand. And I could see him holding down that that hooker jersey for the next couple of years and being a point scoring machine. Yeah, for me, I think Ray Nui and stuff uh Nui uh definitely competition for him there. But with Parsons as the the potential starter previously, maybe that's why Kurt Eklund wasn't seen as you know that potential next role, but he's quite experienced. Uh, for the Smokies, um, actually, sorry, we're going to um, to the stocks are falling. This is contentious one, big source. But, I mean, he's just – we're not sure that he's going to be starting. So I think there's just too much competition. He's not going to be getting bulk minutes week in, week out. So surely he can't perform to the level he did last season. Well, I mean – that was his issue last year as well, to be honest. I think he started the year really, really well, and then he just had that competition come through. But yep. for me, I'm really tempted to pick him not early in early, early in the draft, but, you know, mid-tables, mid-mid-pick, you know, like an 11th or 12th pick, I think he'd be excellent. But, I mean, you, you might not see him play the, the, very the, many minutes at all with how stacked they are through those positions. For me, I'd, I'd be seeing that as his, his, where he's going to get picked. But the issue is this year, again, from the same as last year, we're having shortened... Um, benches. You have one forward, one back. So are you willing to take the risk on Big Source hmm. knowing he there's a good chance he won't be starting week in, week out? Yeah. yeah. I, For me, I, I, I couldn't. I agree. The other ones, uh, um, Aroni and uh, Aroni Narawa. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, look, we, we had him as, you know, one of the young hot shit players last year coming through, but there's just a lot of competition there. So game time is going to be a tricky thing for him to get. Yeah, he was the Mitre 10 top try scorer in 2019, which is why we expected him as a possible breakout player. But, man, they've got so much talent out there out the, uh, in the outside backs. And with two new young guys coming in that are also seen as the next big thing, it's just hard to see him getting consistent game time. But I would see, say that the coach has said that he is also pushing for the 15 jersey. So maybe that's a potential to prove us wrong if he can lock that down. Lots of competition still. Yeah. And the Smokey, uh, I don't want to spend much time because we've said it a few times, Zan Sullivan plays fullback, plays fly half, gigantic unit. I think he's similar size to Geordie Barrett. Yeah, he's a big boy. But the, the main thing here is Leon McDonald said 
he would sign him for 10 years. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got something going. He had a bit of a laugh after, but, I mean, he still means it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you say that and have a chuckle, but you don't say that for a player that you don't think something about, like, you know, something special. Yeah, he didn't say he'd sign us for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) They should. We'd be great squad members. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's move on to the chefs. Okay, the chiefs. The the new players coming in, Sione Mafaleo, who we've just touched on leaving the Blues, Nathan Harris returning from his injury, and we think he'll start back in that hooker jersey. Kalim Boshier, we all love his brother, Lachlan. Uh, yep. He was also the captain, apparently, of the under-19 cricket team. Oh, Under really? New Zealand cricket team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching that uh, New Zealand uh, rugby versus cricket team oh, game yeah, yeah. and they mentioned it and said that one of the ex-players who was a professional cricket coach hit him for five sixes in a row, dot ball for the first one, then five more sixes. And he goes, yeah, I was a coach when he was the under-19 New Zealand captain and I just couldn't actually let him have a laugh when uh, when he's actually quite a serious cricketer. And he's a, you know, 40-something-year-old cricketer just hammering for six after six. So clearly he's lost a bit of his finer mm. touch. But he's it, to me, it actually says that he's got excellent hand-eye coordination yeah. and he's a smart player too. Yeah, he, he's got some talent coming he's through a big for sure. too. Bryn Gatlin, he's come across to fight for that 10 jersey. Um, I think he's he's probably could be a front runner for me. So he, he's going to be interesting to see how he goes coming across from the Highlanders. Jonah Lowe coming across from the Hurricanes. Chase Tiatia, who just couldn't nail down a starting spot, but when he had his chance for the Hurricanes, was a, a really dynamic player. Um and the coach of Bay of Plenty, Clayton McMillan, coming in. Yeah, really excited about him. We did talk about him in the last yeah, podcast, but last week. looking to see what he can do. Yep. For losses, uh, Nepo Lalala, again, we've mentioned him. Uh, Michael Allardyce, who I thought was really solid in the second row for the Chiefs over many years. So that's um, that's a, probably an underrated loss for them. Tyler Ardron as well. Lots of people kind of talk different messages about how they feel he played, but we thought he was an excellent loose forward that played a little bit of lock. Yep. Um, apparently his hands weren't quite good enough, but we really rated him and he's a good fantasy player too. Aaron Cruden, I mean, obvious huge loss for them there. Tamua Manu, who was pushing for that outside centre role and had a couple of really good years. Solomon Alamalo, who is really someone that we should have mentioned as a potential top fantasy scorer for the uh, He was the up there for me. Entree. He was close. And Kenny Naholo, who hasn't left apparently, but uh, is injured for the entire season, so as good as gone. Yep. Um, anyone else out of there that, that points out to you? I mean, they've, they've lost some other elder statesmen, Geldon Hughes, Ryan Coxon, some other guys Adam, there Adam as well. Thompson as well, just an experienced player. Tian Falcon, who we really wanted to see. Auburn Ledger, who kind of filled some holes in that back line. There's, there's a lot of losses, but probably no more really, really big ones. Yeah, I agree with that. So best 15, their starting side. I'll, I'll take the forwards and yep. you can take the backs because you know more about them, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. So front row, you got Atu. Play wing. Yeah, we've got – I haven't played forwards. Um, front row was Atu Moli, Nathan Harris, and Angus Aval. So I, I think Atu Moli has had an injury-interrupted few seasons, but he's a very, very good prop. Nathan Harris, same thing, coming back from injury. So those guys need to find their feet, but solid there. Natua Atakoi <clears throat> and Tupo Vaya in the locks. Obviously, Tupo Vaya came in as an injury replacement last year. Excellent, excellent lock from uh, the that made the All Blacks at the end of last year. Probably, in my eyes, a little bit early in his career, but should be very good for that run. And then you've got the most stacked back row in the world. We've got Lachlan Beauchere, Sam Kane, and Peter Gus Soakula because we are 
trying to be conservative because I feel like every time we call for big change, it doesn't happen. But man, there's so many other options. And and oh yeah, look, I I am secretly suspecting Sam Kane even to potentially slot in that the number eight jersey, which we've seen him do before. Just opens up room to slide a couple other players in, doesn't it? I actually reckon Luke Jacobson will slot in at eight. He definitely could. Yeah, but this, is, this is one of our big questions. Yeah, so I think we've actually. You know what? Let's just do it now because we're halfway there. <laughs> True. Fair. How do you manage the ridiculous depth that lives forward? So you reckon Sam came to eight? I think that'd be crazy to do that, especially since Adi Zavia has basically converted himself to eight for the All Blacks. I don't think you move the New Zealand captain. Yeah, that's fair. I wasn't and thinking of it that way. My my first choice would yep. be Lachlan Boshier at seven. Yep. Luke Jacobson at six, and Peter Gusso at colour at eight. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> no, nah, look, I, I... Where's Kagi to tell us that we're idiots? <laughs> no, nah, look, I, I, I mean, I'd be picking Sam Kane over Peter Gus, but I just can't leave the He's other two. Eight, <laughs> He's not an eight, but, I mean, there's there's a lot of excitement in that back row. There's a lot of hard work. There's running ability. Um, so, uh, for me, Peter Gus is the one that sits out. He is dynamic off the bench as an exciting player there. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. Okay, back one. Okay, so we'll move on. Brad Weber for me to get the start over Triple T. Uh, Bryn Gatlin, he's going to slot in for me at this 10 jersey. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Yeah, look, uh, he's a huge question for me because, as we know, it takes two to three seasons to start to really hit your straps at a new club. Um, depends how much influence Warren Gatlin has. I feel like he'll be calling for him to be the starting 10. The, the, the issue is Caleb Trask. Does he have enough experience there to... Key question number two, bring Gatlin or Caleb Trask? <laughs> for the start of the year or the whole year or what? Start of the year. Look, uh, for, me, uh, for me, I think bring Gatlin's going to have that jersey. My reasoning to it was that the Chiefs had an awful year last year. They need experienced players. Yeah. I don't think they can go with what didn't work for them last year. I think they'll be looking for answers, and Bring Gatlin could be that answer. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. Um, then we're moving on to a centre pairing. There's, they've got, I mean, we love their centres, even players that aren't playing in that starting side. We've got Quinn Tapea and Anton Leonard-Brown as their centres. It really depends if they want Anton Leonard-Brown to play inside centre or outside centre, but Quinn Tapea seemed to be his centre pairing uh, throughout last year. This is this is our third question as well, so we, we don't need to keep t- jumping ahead to all of them. But May as well why we're here. Alex Nankervell is another name. He didn't really shine in his couple chances last year for me, but mm. in previous years he has shown he's a very, very talented centre, and I just want to see more of him. Yeah, I, I remember looking at this uh, a little earlier in the year when I was starting to get myself excited for these kind of podcasts, and I don't. I think Alex Nankervell maybe got a little bit more game time again at the back end of the, the season or something. No, I, I from memory, I thought he, he got a lot more game time early on. I thought Super- he did, and yeah. then Tapea came through. Alex Nankavell played their last game. Yeah, did you look at the bench? Yeah, yeah. Alex Nankavell played their second last game as well over Quinn Tapea. Okay. And Alex Nankavell played their third last game. So I'm not going to keep going, but he seems to re- have re-established himself at the back end of the season as their first choice. For me, he didn't have the same flair that we know of him in those last few games. He didn't maybe stand out as much. No, I agree. I think he had a really disappointing Super Rugby season when he really had the chance to make himself a nailed-on starter and really push his case as an established Super Rugby player. But Quinta Powell, obviously, just a little bit more hot and cold. And then you throw in an extra extra puzzle piece to this. Balin Sullivan coming across the 22-year-old. 
Um, he's another exciting player coming through. You know, a pr- pretty dynamic center as well, center slash winger. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were having massive conversations about how good he was last year and that he could be the big smoky. Yeah. And the biggest thing in his way was that Quintapaya was another big smoky coming through yep. that was a uh, had huge wraps. So it's just it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out for sure. Then we'll move on to the outside backs. There's, I mean, there's definitely competition here. Sean Wainui, I think he's just done enough in previous years. He's Mr. Consistent for them. So I think he's he's locked down one of those spots. Damian McKenzie, I mean, without question, surely that guy's your fullback. Even if he has a disappointing year in aspects maybe more related to fantasy footy in terms of not tearing the line apart as much, he's still just such an exciting player. And then on the other wing, this is where it's going to be difficult. Chase Tia Tia, I think he adds a lot to the side. But they've also got Ateni Nanai Saturo, um, Sean Stevenson, Jonah Lowe. They've got other names that could stick their hand up for it. I, I think we're both leaning towards Chase. Chase? Yeah. Do we want to see Chase? I do. I reckon he's awesome. I oh. really want to see Chase Tia Tia get a starting side. You don't want to see Nanai Saturo? I. Uh, I kind of, you know what? I'd rather have both of them, to be honest. Sean Wainui <laughs> yeah. is, like you said, Mr. Consistency, but Chase TT is pretty much Mr. Consistency as well and plays that kind of 14, it's, 15 role. It's true. Uh, look, for, for me, uh, I, I don't see it happening, though. No. For, for me, I don't see Wainui as the, I suppose he could be a bench. He's not an exciting flair player to come off the bench, though. Yeah, and and really, you know, we keep saying attending Nano Saturo. Is he going to jump Sean Stevenson? Like Shooter has yeah, been exactly. rated above him for a number of years. So I think our, our bias, <laughs> yeah, I think our bias is just coming in here. But I sure. think we should have attending Nano Saturo at eleven, Chase Tia Tia at fourteen. I'd, I mean, I'd love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That rounds out the side. Stocks are rising. So Nathan Harris, you know, he, he missed all of last year uh, with a rotator cuff repair in his shoulder. He should be the first choice hooker. Bradley Slater is kind of the new young gun that was pushing Takiyaho for game time last year. And, and I think was really, really impressive. And uh, if you haven't read yet, Takiyaho gone for the entire season as well. So to me, if anything, that just means Nathan Harris should be up for a, uh, a big, big year for his minutes as well. It's been something like 12 months. I think it was January that he did his shoulder. So he should be absolutely firing fit and, uh, and a big fantasy hooker for this year. Yep. Bryn Gatland, uh, we've talked about him enough. I think both you and I expect that he's probably the favourite over Caleb Trask. But I think having said that, Trask was uh, was impressive last year as a rookie, so might not have it all his own way. And attending Nanai Saturo, he's probably the favourite to have a breakout year out of all those outside backs if you're looking for one. But maybe he's more of a smoky than a stocks are rising as well, having said that. That's um, I've also, and I'll, and I'll just jump ahead because it's the same thing, I've got Chase Tia Tia in my smokies. So I feel like those two are interchangeable. One of those guys I feel like is up for a big year. Yeah, in terms of stocks are falling, we've already touched on it. Lachlan Boshier. Uh, the, the reason, Almost captain, and I mean, I've got, a, I've, I've got him in my top three. <laughs> it's it's basically because of Luke James. Can you Jacobson. tell I wrote this and you got you no, look, I, no, I, I definitely think this is fair as the stocks are falling in the sense that he's not assured the game time that he has been, you know, last year with Jacobson injury, things along yeah. those lines. I still put him up there because for me, if someone misses out, it's Peter Gasuakola. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think you've got to have Boshier on. 
Uh, he's just been so good. He's been too good to leave out. But I absolutely love Luke Jacobson. So do I. He was the lock and bow share of the year before when he got <laughs> before he got injured. Just absolutely ridiculous. So uh, for me, I wanted to include one of them. I almost included include both of them because one of them could be, you know, right right at the top there. Yeah, and let's not forget, Boshier had a fifty five point average. He mm. was the top loose forward, and he was number three overall for the entire competition. So I mean, it's it's hard to keep form like that when you've got the competition like he does. Yeah. And the final one we've already touched on as well, Sean Wainui, Mr. Consistent, but just not Mr. Electric in a back line. You know, they've got just too much competition there for me. If he's going to start to fade out, these young guys are going to have to come through at some point and take his position. And we've been saying this for three years, so sure. <laughs> I know. That's so unlucky. if we keep unlucky. saying it, eventually we could be correct, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Smokies. Now, I think this is a really good one. All right. Lachlan McWannell. Yep. Uh, he's a young lock. I think we all expected him when we were doing our preview last year to have a huge 2020. Then he got ruled out of the whole year with injury. Um, I think that he was probably favoured slightly over Natua Akoi and Tupavaya obviously came in as an injury replacement. So he was a long way ahead of him in terms of where they thought he sat in his development as well. So I, I don't think Akoi's got the got it all his own way. Tip of is going to be hard to dislodge given he's now an all black, but um, he could be in for a really big year if he has a good start to the season. Yep. I've got here Luke Jacobson as my second one, and I'll read you my notes. It says the man, the myth, the legend, which is fair. Yeah, I, I don't but know. I, mean- <laughs> I don't know if you if you don't love Luke Jacobson like we do, maybe this doesn't make sense. But I just think he is. Freaking incredible. Like, if he didn't get concussed and miss the World Cup, I think he would be the starting seven for the All Blacks right now. He could be getting discussed as, you know, one of the best flankers in the world at the moment. Unbelievable. So I, I really hope he finds that form, recaptures that form in Super Rugby Aotearoa and not in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then fades out. Yeah, don't, We right. don't want to get injured. No, no. Just, just fades out. Yeah, on the rotation. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I've sure. mentioned Chase Tiat here as well. Yeah. So the next one is not going to be too difficult. <laughs> We're going to go through the Crusaders. In terms of the new faces, they've got Josh Mackay, who almost had no signature this year after being dumped by the Highlanders, but he scooped in late for an injury, injury cover. Who was he replacing? Was it because of, I it mean, they've got a couple of injuries. It was because of Mattielli Bridge. and George Bridge. Uh, we'll touch on a little bit more of that a little bit later on. But also they've got Rennie Rager coming through, 34-year-old, Look, I don't know how much rugby he really has played in terms of his earlier days in the last couple of years. Last year he was at Colorado. Previously, previously he was at the Sunwolves. Before that, he was at the Hino Red Dolphins. I thought he played Mitre 10 Cup, to be honest. He has been playing Mitre 10 Cup through it. But, I mean, it, it is a little bit of a different level to when you're talking super rugby, those sorts of things. Mind you, it's probably better than the Japanese comp. Well, he, he was in the Sunwolves last year. And first game, yep. we were so excited to see him play. Yeah. When he did his ACL game one, it was like absolutely gut-wrenching. But he was playing 80 minutes every week for Northland. So, like, he's obviously still in and around it. And they just need an he experienced is. player he- that can play outside back in 13. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome cover for injury. Very, very experienced. He's going to be a great guy to have in that squad. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing him get some time. But imagine if you saw him, he could just play 13 for them. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see him being the whole year being this. And he he could, we're about to discuss why, but yeah, he, I mean, there's definitely potential. Yeah, fair enough. In terms of losses? 
I don't know. I want to go back to him. No, let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on. So, look, there's the scary thing is there's no big losses for the Crusaders. Probably the names that people know would be Billy Harmon, who is a contestant for the open side flanker role, and Fatuli Pear, only because he played um, P. We, we did with yeah. No, we realised that wasn't right. P.E. I don't know. Now I've lost it. Um, anyway disappointing in myself anyway so he obviously played a little bit of game time when Braden Ennell did go down last year in the outside center role he's moved over to the Highlanders as well and then you've got Ethan Roots and Harry Allen both gone as well the other guys I mean this is something we want to mention they're not lost but Macaleo has been ruled out for the season due to a neck injury I think it must have been in the preseason training um, and all, he did his ACL at, in the North versus South game for New Zealand. So he's going to be back after Super Rugby Aotearoa, which means, you know, there could be some changes later on in the, the season. Um, Bridge, he's had his pec injury repaired in October. Um, so he's going to miss up until basically mid-April is the suspected return. Um, so he's missing a good chunk of Super Rugby Aotearoa as well. And Matteelli, he did his pec and had it repaired a couple days after Bridge. So you expect him again mid mid eight couple of days later um, to get back. Yeah. 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 A couple of days later. It's that so exact. Maybe the same week. <laughs> uh, maybe the week after. We'll bet yet to see. So do you want to take us through or do you want to do backs or forwards for the best 15? I'll, for I'll go forwards. I'll go, yeah, I'll go back. No, I'll go back. Okay. Mix that. We'll go Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, and Mahi Alalatoa um, for that front row. Mikey Ala Alatoa had it at that time in recent years for Samoa, and I think he's just been such a good player for him. For, for mine, he's just developed really well for them. They do have younger players coming through who might compete with him for a little bit of time. And how old is Joe Moody? Uh, he's, I don't know, he's getting on. He's getting on. So maybe we do start to see him, you know, lose a little bit of time. I think is it um, is Jaeger Oliver? Oli Jaeger, yeah, he's his main competition. So maybe no, we... Oli Jaeger's on the other side. He competes with Michael Ala Alatoa. He, he does. Yeah, it's George Bauer who's on the other side. Yeah, true. Sorry, my mistake. But yeah, Joe Moody, thirty-two. So he's, I mean, he's definitely not past it. Um, in terms of our locks, Sam Wylock, who obviously returned in Super Rugby Aotearoa last year, and Scotty Barrett. So just a brilliant second row pairing. Cullen Grace at that number six jersey. He had an amazing breakout year last year. Tom Christie, who I quite like as a workhorse seven, solid on the ball as well, rounds out this back row really well. And Fetu Douglas in that number eight role. For me, I mean, there's other players in and around it. There is competition we'll, we'll touch on in the back row in a little bit as well. Uh, look, most of this is pretty self-explanatory. There's only one big talking point, really. But let's go. Bryn Hall, Richie Moonga at 9 and 10. I've got David Havili, obvious talking point there, and Jack Goodhue in the centres. And then I've got George Bridge or Lester Fengaranuku, depending on Injury. when he Time. starts and, and who you want to talk mid-season compared to the start of season. The Seven start. Reese on the other wing <clears throat> and Willie Jordan at fullback. Um, the bench... Uh, I'll flick through Andrew Macaleo, George Bauer, Oli Jaeger in the in the front row, Luke Romano, who is now 35 years old, but I just can't see him going, getting dropped out of that strain, uh, that side over Mitch Dunshay and uh, Quinton Strange. I think he was actually at 32 or 33. He was a Mitre 10 Cup player of the year for the record. Did you know that? No. Like three years ago. Outrageous. Anyway, um, Ethan Blackadder, Mitch Drummond, Brett Cameron, and then name an outside back, you know, Matt Ailey, McKay, whatever. You know, there's too many of them. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Our, our key questions here, the first one is the blindside flanker. Cullen Grace, 
absolute weapon throughout the most of last year before having a, a thumb fracture and missing the back end of the year versus Ethan Blackadder, who did he play a few games early or did he miss the whole season? Nah, he did his, I think he did his shoulder in the preseason, missed a bulk of time and then did his knee and had his meniscal clear up and it took, clean up in his knee and took him forever to come back. Ethan Blackadder has been talked up for an awfully long time and has had a pretty tough run of injuries and a few other things as well. Only at the age of 25, you know, he's, he's still got a lot of time left. For me, I think Cullen Grace is the proven man. So for me, I'll go, I'll go with the, the proven class and, and Ethan Blackadder can, can try to work his way back in. I, I do agree. Um, started last year, I thought Blackadder was going to have a breakout year before he got injured. Cullen Grace, though, was just... He's just too good. Absolutely unbelievable form. Like he could be arguably the top loose forward if he played like he did in some of that super rugby <clears> competition. <throat> like he was just scoring outrageously well. Yep. Absolute talent. Um, look, second question from is uh is one that Mitch Evans from Rugby Ruckus had a similar question. Rugby Ruckus. Us. Rugby Ruckus. Rugby fixation. Yeah. He's on all of them these days. He is on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> He says, what position do Havili and Jordan, will Jordan, get drafted at if they start at 12 and 15 respectively or if they start at 15 and 14 respectively? So first of all, I think the big question that most people will have for us is what position are we going to play them in our platform? We will play David Havili as an outside back no matter what, no matter where he starts to start the year because he is an outside back. He said that his favourite position is outside back and that's where he'll play this season. Yeah, we we can't base things off our speculation that we think he's going to fill that, you know, that centre role for part of the year. Mm. Um, You know, he's an outside back through and through. For us, that can cover other positions. So first of all, speaking about Havili, um, look, he had a 60.5 average from his first four games in that pre kind of COVID timeframe. Then he had, uh, he had his abdominal surgery and then he had another injury, I think to his thumb after that as well, fractured thumb. He played three of those games at fullback and one at fly half. And then he also played a couple of games coming off the bench when he was still getting himself right, trying to put body weight on in Super Rugby Aotearoa before he had that thumb injury. So I haven't taken that into consideration, but his average would put him as the second highest scorer in the entire competition. Um, now, here's the big discussion for me. At centre, normally we draft 16 centres in an eight-man league. So the top scorer had a 47 average. The last scorer had a 19th average, a 16th scorer. Outside backs, you pick 24 because there's three in each team. Top scorer, 57 average, happens to be Will Jordan. Last outside backs picked was Sean Wanui at a 22 average. So either way, he's the number one picked centre and outside back. In value-based drafting, when he's playing centres, he would score way higher. But the question is then, clearly outside backs score a lot more points. If he plays Mm. in the centres, does it hurt his average? And then does that drop him? I think, like you said, he's probably in that first round pick if he's playing in the outside backs in this in if he's playing in centers i think he's probably around 2 or around 3 pick what do you what do you think oh look I, for me i'm picking him round 1 yeah i, no I think he, i think he's gone in round 1 the, there is a, i mean when you look at value based drafting if he's an outside back we're listing him as an outside back no matter what if he's listed as a, a center and playing center he'd still be going round 1 so i mean for me I'm, what i'm seeing him as is an outside back and i think he's an absolute weapon he proved when he played in the 10 jersey last year that he still scored massively um so f- for me I, I yeah there's a there's a, a small chance he could be an early second round pick but I just I don't think I could let him go unless I'm very early on and there's someone like um, Moonga available, you know, or maybe mm. Cody Taylor. There's a very slim chance, but I, I, I want the excitement of someone like a really. 
I, I think he went third round for us at the start of last year. Yep. And then I'm pretty sure I picked him uh, at second yes. draft pick in the second iteration of yeah. draft rugby last year as well. And how did that work out? Uh, not that well. <laughs> so but maybe maybe, maybe made finals, man. I made finals. It's all good. How'd yeah. you go? I didn't lose. <laughs> Better than the year before. <laughs> and and Will Jordan, I mean, if he plays 14 or 15 to you, does it make a difference? We actually looked at this last year at his scoring average. I remember it making basically no difference whatsoever. Look, they're, they're both absolute class in a back line of absolute class. So they will have opportunities at whatever position they are on the field. I think if either of them are free and I'm picking eight, I'm picking them. Yeah, 100%. That's, <laughs> so that's my thought. So they're first round picks. So that we might let them slide, you know, one, two, maybe three picks, but maybe not three, maybe one or two. But if, if it's back end of that first round and we're, ava- we're there, we're picking them up. Yeah. So uh, next question. Can, yeah. can Sever Reese hold down his spot when Enor and Bridge return? Now, Enor for the record, won't return until Super Rugby. Maybe Trans-Tasman, I think he might be a chance. Trans-Tasman, I think, yeah. Yeah, but uh, for the bulk of Aotearoa anyway, what, what do you think? Aotearoa, when Bridge comes back, can he hold his spot? And then Trans-Tasman with Enor, what do you think? The, the tricky thing is how he's going to fit in. I, look, I think he's he's probably going to come out firing. He's going to look – I mean, he might be absolutely dominant in terms of his points and how well he's played. Um, Enor is someone they see as the future. I think around the club in, in that centres, I think he's a, a really, really quality player coming through. It, it's hard to know how they'll work him back in. He's not going to go straight back into the starting side. He might get a couple side in my eyes, he might get a couple couple matches off the bench um, and then slowly work his way back in, which for me, I, I think Will Jordan's got to be a starter and, and that's the way I'm seeing it. So the person to miss out will probably be Artis, um, Severis. So... So if Severis could get six games at the start of the season before Bridges, he back, could still be like top that, outside right? back, and <laughs> and clearly he could be the top outside back at that yeah. point and not get dropped. So do you think he's a first round pick? I don't. If he was available, I I don't. Would you pick him? No. Okay. Wow. Would you pick him round one? At seventh or eighth, I probably would. I don't know. I haven't done my uh, my dummy I, draft yet. I, I reckon yeah, he I could he could easily be a second round pick. For me, he's not my first pick. Because I'm, I have suspicions that I'm not going to have him for the entire season. I suppose you can use him as trading leverage, but there's you, you just don't know, and it's hard to carry players in this. So it's knowing someone, season. it's a short season, but it's hard to carry players. Maybe second round or third round, then second, yeah, I'll, I'll, second third round. Like he's okay. going to potentially win you five or six games. Like when he was scoring two years ago, he was winning games. It was the Severus Reese versus the other team. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But look, I mean, the first person to drop out. If there's someone else that's you know getting t- a game time, is Fanganuku could potentially be on a wing spot. Bridge comes back, and you know Fanganuku's gone. And yeah, I guess if later on, so so he could play all of Super Rugby Yeah, does that put him back up? Potentially, I think to me, it does. yeah, potentially. <laughs> He's a first so, round pick. Th- thinking that, first yeah. round pick. Just pick any Crusader. First round, the whole yeah, Crusaders back one's pick gone. Crusaders. So Richie Moanga, <laughs> Severu Reese, David Avili, and Will Jordan all. First round picks, yeah, potentially. Uh, because of that, <laughs> and Cody Taylor, and Cody Taylor, <laughs> Jesus, right. So okay. that if someone's going to miss, oh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. We'll, we are doing a, uh, a draft podcast, not a final podcast pre season. Oh, yeah, yeah. We will break this down in a little bit more detail <sighs> when we're not thinking on the fly after yep. a half a bottle of wine. 
Uh, okay. Stocks are rising. So we have one Actually, more question. Sorry. Question four. <laughs> Key question. How can they not win? I've got it. I've got an answer. I do. I do. They're on an away trip. They're in a bus. The bus falls off a cliff. <laughs> I'm not wishing it upon them. But my, that is the only way. <laughs> my first thought was if Richie Momonga gets injured. But if David Avili They've plays got Avili. <laughs> I think they still win. I think they still win. But it'd be close. It and then, uh, then I mean, you even have Fergus Burke, nice. Brett Cameron. But they're not winning with those guys. Like, that, no, I that don't is think a so. Massive, massive. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But Havili, I still think they win. So you have to have both of them. Two mm. two players taken out. Two first round picks. And absolute Jack weapons. Goodhue's, I think Jack Goodhue's really key for them this year as well, given that they don't have Braden in all, so they don't have the same depth at centre anymore. <sighs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. They do have young guys come through. They've got Rennie Ranger maybe to fill that position as well. It's not the same. So I, the I reckon same. two out of three injuries to those three players have really Moonga. It doesn't matter now. They've got nothing. No, no, <laughs> That's it. That's the yeah. only way they don't win. Yeah. All right. Or a bus. Stocks are rising. Stocks are rising. Now, they're already so high, as we've just said. It's hard to see who can rise. For me, I've got Tom Christie. I was super, super excited by him last year. I thought he was exceptional. Uh, he just has such a massive work rate. To me, he's like the the Michael Hooper of New Zealand rugby. And Michael Hooper for many, many years was a top five out, uh, flanker. So, you know, he's not a round one pick, but I think that he could be up around that mark where he just makes 15 to 20 tackles a game, even more for him, and uh, and makes a fair few runs on top of that as well. So I'm excited to see what he can do in attack on top of his work rate and defence. I like how you took the one guy that was said to clear. <laughs> Stocks are rising. Um, the other guy, uh, do we throw Severice in there? Because there was too much question about yeah. him for a good chunk of last season. Well, he still got picked ultra high. So. He did still get picked ultra high. So that's probably it. Uh, what about their reserve um, Their reserve centre? That's who I've got. Chafinaki. No, winger. Oh, is that a put it No, Dallas McLeod. Dallas McLeod. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dallas uh, McLeod. If, yeah, David, true, if, true. if David Havili, he's a bit of a smoky, to be honest. He's a smoky. If David Havili isn't playing in the centres, <clears throat> I feel like Dallas McLeod could play 12 with Jack Goodhue at 13, and then you're in the Crusaders' back line. Once you're in the Crusaders' back line, you're scoring shitloads of points. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, in terms of stocks are falling, this this is why it's tricky. You're saying several reefs. You were saying several reefs. I don't know. I've You've written them down. Against it. No, yeah, I've convinced myself against it. A clear, easy one is Braden Anor because he's missing Super Rugby out to rower. That's just absolutely massive. So, I mean, you can't score points when you're not playing. So, yeah, we've really given a lot of insights like that, haven't we? <laughs> Huge. And then we've got Mitch Dunche and Quinton Strange. We we had very high hopes for both of them last year. White Lock returned in Super Rugby out to rower, um, plus Dog Rolf. You know, how, how do they break themselves into that song side? I don't think they can. I think how much... Yeah, Mitch Dunshay did end up getting a lot more time yeah. over Quentin Strange as well for whatever reason um, yep. last year. So I think he's someone that will actually fall a long way. Like you said, yeah, yeah. Scotty yeah. Barrett and Sam Whitelock will start. Like, I mean, absolutely they, no doubt. Unless they need to Scott be rested, they're be starting. Yeah, unless yeah. they're starting, they're going to be... Yeah. Unless they're getting rested, they're going to be starting... So, I mean, yeah, you don't want any other lock. I'd be aware on those stats when you look at averages. Don't take those guys as high value, basically. Yeah. Um, Smokey. Why I went with the guy that was meant to be a Smokey last year, Ethan Blackadder. You know, we, we already said he missed the whole year because of injury. But let's say 
they still rate him as highly as they did, then Cullen Grace and he should be fighting out for a jersey, that number six jersey maybe. So, I mean, stranger things have happened. Cullen Grace is coming off an injury-riddled end of the season, which always makes him more prone to injury as well. So Ethan Blackadder could be up for a big year. It's it's a smoky pick. but uh, It's a smoky. Out of every team, they're the most established. You know, so it smokies are the longer shot. But Dallas McLeod yeah. would be the other one. Ethan Blackadder as well. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Let's kick on. Two to go. Highlanders now. Let's go to the Highlanders. So new faces for these ones. We we got some heat. Yeah. First of all, Tony Brown, new head coach. He was the assistant last year, still working with the Japanese side as well. He's now been promoted over Aaron Major, who's been let go, which, to be honest, I was pretty disappointed to see. But, I mean, how much hype is there about Tony Brown as a head coach anyway? especially as someone to unlock an attacking team. And when they're playing under the roof where the most fantasy points are scored as well, it's, you know, Ooh. if you're looking for a fantasy player to break into the top 10, Highlanders players are probably where it's at. Yeah. So a couple of specific ones. Without further ado, Kazuki Himeno, there was some oh. doubt whether he was actually going to even get to New Zealand, but it sounds like now it's actually on track. So that's, that's brilliant. Bryn Evans, he was about 95 years old. I think he's actually 36 coming back from over in the UK as the elder statesman locked to try and add a little bit of depth there, but I don't know how much time he'll have. Billy Harmon coming across from the Crusaders to try and get some time at open side flanker. I think he's going to get some time and I'll touch on that in a moment. Liam Squire, huge to see him come back. I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent to start the season, but once he gets going in the, in the first few rounds, I think we might see him just take that six Jersey from Shannon Frizzell and not look back for Tully. Pyre. Yep. I think that's right. Got it. Thank <laughs> Finally. God. Thank God it came back to me. Yeah. Fatuli Pyre uh, had a pretty decent season for the Crusaders. So maybe, maybe he could come in to push into this side. For me, he's a player that played in the Crusaders back line. Yeah. Makes him huge. You take him out of the Crusaders back line. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I know I know what you're saying. <laughs> Solomon yeah. Alamalo, huge in. Absolutely yes. huge in. They needed some depth in the outside backs. And man, he is depth. Yeah. And look. There's so many other players that you can mention in this team. The only other ones I want to quickly touch on, Connor Gordon-Bashett, who has been hyped up to an endless amount, will be fit this year. Neher Milner-Scudder, hopefully we can see the Scudder step back. And Freedom Vahakolo, who has come in as a uh, short-term contract with Sam Gilbert, missing with his ACL injury as well. He's a big unit and uh, scored a lot of tries in the minor 10. So, he probably is a long shot to get game time, but a big guy and a, a hot prospect too. Yeah, in terms of losses, I think they have they don't necessarily have humongous standouts, but these are players that worked hard for them and you know did get regular game time. Rob Thompson, he'd been there for a long time, an important player. His center partner as well, um, Tay Walden. Both of them heading, you it's know, twelve thirteen for the last number of years, that, and that's going to be a very hard thing to change. You know, they do have people that can fill those roles, people that have been in and out. Um, plus people that have been playing in other positions, which we'll touch on. But, look, I mean, that that's absolutely massive to, to lose your 12-13 for the last few years. Absolutely massive. Then you th- you take out Bryn Gatlin, uh, Jesse Parati, uh, um, Dylan Hunt, and Jack Fetton, who, Wetton, who had a, I think, he was just an absolute weapon for them as well last year. He really impressed me. He's quite a strong, sturdy player there, so he's going to be a win for the Tars. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, they lost Josh Mackay, uh, Tavita, the Karate Kid, Nabura, 
who we were a little bit dumbfounded by why he's been he's been left out of the squad, other than maybe a few red cards and a few things like that. Silly decisions. One red card, like yeah. three years ago. That's two years, one year. Mm. Yeah. There's a few injuries in this one as they kind of enter the season. So I mentioned Sam Gilbert with his ACL gone until April. <clears throat> Don't see him pushing for time anyway. Um, Perry Perry Parkinson uh, has an ankle injury, so he won't be back to start the season either. Um, I think they're saying due back in April for him as well, and he was obviously a starting point at lock. Then they've got Solomon Alamalo, who isn't a guarantee to start the season either. Um, he is he dislocated his shoulder in July, so there's no word yet on what that means. But if he has had it reconstructed, reconstructed, which is definitely quite likely to be honest with you six to nine months or return to sport he might be just coming back around the start of the season so mm. don't let that speak you too much but he's a bit of a gray area for me at the moment and it's such a key player for him that's pretty big and then james lenches as well um el capitan absolute weapon for them he um he dislocated his ankle back in february um, apparently he was starting full running at the end of january so to me, if you're only just starting full running, you're probably still a month away or something like that. So maybe he misses the first couple of weeks, but he'll be in and around the start of the season as well. Yep. <clears throat> we'll go. I'll I'll start off us off with the forwards for the, you know, the the start of this side here. Aiden Johnson, Ash Dixon, and Seate Tokalahi. Uh, pretty solid back uh, front row. Uh, question marks for me still on, on Aiden Johnson. I'm just not a player. Well, Daniel Daniel Leonard Brown's the obvious other yeah. option, and apparently he's looking really, really fit at preseason as well in some of their media releases, it was has been said. So he has started in, in, in past seasons, yeah. and he's a good fantasy player too. So personally, I hope it's him, but Aiden Johnson seems to be the favourite. Yep. Pari Pari Parkinson, who, I mean, he had, he had showed glimpses of being a really good player last year. Another year of experience, I think, is it's going to really show in him, him this year. Josh Dixon as well, rounding out that second row. Liam Squire, um, you've got him down as, you know, starting the season for them. I'm not sure. Or you've got him yeah. in their best 15. Yeah. All right. I, I look, Frizzell was so good in Super Rugby last year. My My issue with him is... He's a little bit hot and cold, so he's going to get that first chance. If he can prove that he's consistent and, you know, keep some of that consistency, maybe he can be the starter, you know, for the rest of the season. But I do very much question if he can be as good as he was last year, week in, week out. Do you agree? He's just so inconsistent. About three years ago, we thought the same thing, and then two yep. years ago, it was average. <clears throat> but Liam Squire, let's not forget, he was like their solution at number <clears throat> six before. I think he left for some mental health issues or something like that at one period as well. Like he had or some personal issues. Yeah. So I, I definitely think he could be the starter, but that, it's a fair point. Absolutely. And then we've got uh, Lenches as the starting seven, but obviously discussing, not sure if he's going to be in and around that starting side for the first couple of weeks. That might give Billy Harmon a chance to see if he can nail down that that jersey or see if he can, you know, get some good game time there at the very least. And Kazuki Himeno, again, we're a little bit, a little bit of a question mark on whether he's going to be, you know, there ready to go. It, it sounds like he is there in training. No, no, he's not there yet. He, he literally just played in a in one of the Japanese top league games, but he was originally in <clears> doubt supposed <throat> to get back for the start of the season. Now they yep. say he will be there for the start of the season, but that means he's entering the team without much training. And let's be honest, Marina Makiele Tu'u was outstanding last year. I, I can't see him being dropped from the side. Yeah, Makiele Tu'u, for me, I, I absolutely love him. Should last, have been the all squad. He definitely should have been in the all-back squad. So he should be there starting eight. But, I mean, Himeno 
is world class. And in, in the last World Cup, I think he proved it. Mm. So he might make his way into that side. And if that happens, I mean, you could see Mikel Tutu playing six, or you could see him and I playing six. You know, like I, I, I don't really know. We've, we've got so many people listed I, there. I actually reckon him and I might end up playing a bit of time in locks as well. Yeah. I don't know. They haven't, Look, got, they haven't got quite the depth there, especially with Parry Parry missing the start of the season. The, the start, the the one person that's a definite and should be a definite, at least for the whole season, should be Mikaeli too. You'd think so. But, but who knows? Yeah. In the back line, we have Aaron Smith, Joshuane. I don't think Aaron Smith is going to get questioned. Joshuane, Mitch who? Hunt. Yeah, exactly. Mitch Hunt, um, bit of a debate there on how this works, and we'll get to that. But we, have, uh, we think Joshuane, much, much more energetic player, fits the kind of Richie Mawonga mould, Bowden Barrett mould in his prime have been an attacking threat as well. Just that one yard slower or one one step off being Richie Mo. Jeez, he's, he's just a couple of years younger. I don't think he's slower. He's so good. Centres, Patelicio, Tomkinson and Michael Collins is who I've gone for, but we'll get to that. There's definitely some debate there. Uh, Jonah Narecki, what a standout player. Now, he did what Amoni Narawa was hoping he could do. Jonah Narecki is one of my favourite new wingers in the competition. He's, he's a freak. He's so just, smart, so talented, can kick, can yeah. defend, everything. He's just He offers what all these exciting young wingers come through, but he's got an all-round game. The fact that he can do little chips in over the top, he can kick, he can defend really well. He yeah. Surely he is your starting winger yeah. and an absolute, you know, just... He's, he's got all black the, written all yeah, over him. The the all that, yeah. He's got that kind of George Bridge class about him. Uh, I've, got, I've got Solomon Alamalo at the back, and uh, the other wing spot's pretty tough. I went Connor Garden Bashup just because of a hype that has been around this kid for a few years now. Um, so I'm expecting him to Injured come last season? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah, he was. He's been injured for a while now. Yeah. So, okay, let, let's go. Key question. So, first of all, how do you replace Perry Perry Parkinson and James Lynch's early in the season? Uh, you mentioned Billy Harmon for Lynch's. Uh, for Perry Perry Chicken, I've got you got to pick two of Josh Dixon, Manaki Selby Rickett, Bryn Evans, and Kazuki Himeno. What do you do? This is why you said Himeno could play lock. Mm, it is, yeah. I mean, that's not that's not a bad shout. I feel like Josh Dixon's the locked in starter for for that other position. Yeah, definitely. But then Manaki Selby Rickett, apparently one of the fittest locks going around this year, um, and I thought he was really really impressive off the bench last year as well. So. If uh, Jimeno's not playing at lock, I expect it to be him. But Brent yep. Evans, they didn't bring him back at 36 years old for no reason either. That's fair. I think he'll be a bit of a role player, though, to be honest. Um, our second question is, how the hell do you fit their back row into one team? Yeah. Are you just playing ball? Uh, yes. Yeah. Frizzell, uh, Lenches, Harmon, Jimeno, Michele Tu'u, Tereki, Ben Nicholas, and Liam Squire. Does it mean some of these players get less minutes and they become less valuable? Massively, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've just <laughs> got so. they've got too many names, too many names there. Yeah, I think so. And uh, let's not forget Sione Misalio. Yeah, <laughs> why is that guy in the squad? He's so far from getting any game time. It's not funny, but anyway, I, yeah. should, I shouldn't be too many. Uh, anyway. I'm I'm Misalio to him on purpose. Yeah, you had a... <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. Look, Tariki Ben Nicholas were pretty excited about last year. I think he's just not in the picture. Yeah. and we've talked about the others. I, I think it's a massive problem. And and again, similarly to what we've talked about in some of the other New Zealand sides, it really devalues them as fantasy players because of the fact that there's just too much competition. Mm-hmm. There's too many good players. Yeah. Number three, the role of Joshuane. So. The start of last year, they said that they were going to try him at inside centre. Before Super Rugby Aotearoa, Major said that that experiment was over and that they were going to push him to 10. Now, there's a new coach. 
Mitch Hunt's there. You got Solomon Alamalo who can fill 15. So I don't think that 10, 15 of Yuan and Solomon works as well anymore. I think, you know, you, of course you could move Alamalo to 14, but could you see Mitch Hunt 10, Joshua at 12, Sierra Tomkinson at 13? Like they don't have an established center c- combination here. I, I actually don't think it's the worst idea, to be honest with you. <clears throat> Uh, look, uh, the way they ended the year last year is, for me, what I, I'm seeing to, to start. I know it, I know it's quite hard. Mitch Hunt's been a very good player, you know, for the Crusaders in the past coming off the, the bench. I I just it, – it's sad to say that he might be dropping back into that um, bench role, but Josh Duani is their starting 10 for me, and he showed it throughout last year when he got moved from fullback into centre into 10. He is – they were most dynamic, most exciting when he was playing 10. Almalo is just so exciting. Sure, you can put him on the wing and you can have Mitch Hunt in there. That's another possibility. But for me, I just put Josh Duani in at my 10 and, and find the other puzzle pieces around it. You want to scatter around one wing? Or maybe you just put Almalo over Conagat and Bashup and then Mitch Hunt at fullback. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely could be an option. Yep. Uh, next one. Uh, the set of combo. So this is just... Hard, hard to replace what they had. You know, you guys have popped in and out of this for, for previous times. I think C.O. Tompkinson did establish himself last year as a kind of the obvious choice at 12. He's a hitman in defence. Yeah. Like, he is a good player. I think he's, you know, their their first choice there. They brought him for Tuli Paya. Paya. Um, brought him in. Michael Collins played 13 a little bit at the back end of last year. And I think it suited Minus him. Minus 10 he did as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it suited him definitely better. He's a centre. Mm. He is a centre, so I agree. Yeah, for, for me, I think it would be great to see him there, but they've also got young Thomas Umanga Jensen. Yeah, and, and that's untapped potential, and with his brother Peter, Peter doing so well, you just feel like maybe there's something there just purely on genetics. I, I think, as I said his before, Sarah Tompkinson and, uh, mm-hmm. and Michael Collins. Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, I, I, for me, Paya, I just... I, I think you take him out of that Crusaders back line and he's not going to be what he was. He's got to then try to build into this side. You said the two, three years to reach your peak. Your peak is whenever you're in that Crusaders back line. So it's going to take him a long time to get back to that peak. Fair enough, yeah. Um, we'll go straight into the stocks are rising. Billy Harmon, we touched on why. So he's going to get you know an early chance to see if he can you know nail down that starting spot um, for the, the open side flanker. Um, also, Solomon Alamalo, you've said his name four or five times. I just wanted to say his name, really. But he's going to be <laughs> wing or fullback. He is just such an exciting player, and he's going to be starting for them, you know, regardless of which position he's playing. He's exciting. He's going to be, you know, either on the other wing or linking up with Jonah Narecki as well. So that's just two-thirds of such an exciting backline, And maybe that does then... That those two being your wings means you have your second fly half, a second you know playmaker at that full fullback jersey as well to to round out and get the ball to those wingers because they are just so exciting. But Alamaloa was the eighth ranked outside back in 2019. 2020 wasn't his year, but he, he's one of those guys that can mm. actually be actually be like a first mm. round pick for an outside back. Yeah, his, his points per minute in 2019 was. 0.02 off Lamb and Bridge. So put that in perspective, above Geordie Barrett. Is, oh, no, one off Geordie Barrett, I think. Yeah, 0.01. Yeah, he, he's a freak. Yeah. So at that assured starting spot, whichever position it will be, you know, he's going to be a, a scary Especially player. Especially playing under the roof. Yeah, exactly right. Stocks are falling. Now, uh, we, we may cap, uh, I may cap, cop some slack on this one, but Shannon Frizzle, Frizzell, 
Um, I think he had an outstanding Super Rugby season. We've already said he's hot and cold. But Liam Squire, because we him and know, there's just so much depth, so much competition. And I don't think he's really covered himself at glory at all blacks level enough to make himself safe. Um, Mitch Hunt, again, just that extra competition with Alamalo. You might see him at 15. He's not a huge fantasy scorer, but he does kick his goals. I think his chances probably live and die in Joshua's goal-kicking percentage, to be honest. And Villa Manikoroi, uh, he was a, a man that came from New Zealand Sevens last year when everything shut down, and we were really excited to see what he could do. I don't think he played that well, to be honest, but he's actually already been selected back in the New Zealand Sevens squad. So he's the one player in Super Rugby Aotearoa in the squads that has actually gone already. Uh, and there's the others, obviously, that we mentioned that may or may not go, but he's gone, so don't pick him up. Yep. And hence, they've got other positions there at fullback, other potential. Yep. yep. Um, what are we on to next? We've Smokies. got our Smokies. Freedom Vahakolo. Uh, look, he is a Smoky, but he had seven tries and was voted the New Zealand RPA, Mitre 10 Cup. Is yeah. it New Zealand RPA? The, the Mitre 10 uh, Young Player of the Year by his peers. He is an exciting player coming through. We've got Manaka, uh, Manaki Selby Rickett as well, who we got to see a little bit of last year. He's got a huge engine, apparently been showing it in the preseason. He's a real chance, I think, to get some good minutes and be a, a solid second rower, you know, high work rate. and, and Runs quite, too. Yeah, lo- loves ball in hand. Um, and our final one, we've already touched on him, Kazuki Himano. He is a world-class number eight. It just depends where he fits into this side. He can cover anything in that back row and potential. Is he definitely going to be listed as a back row on our platform? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got to be. Just the, the very slim, slim chance that he could play lock, I don't think so enough. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. The Hurricanes. <clears throat> I'm just going to quickly, while you look at Hurricanes, I'm just going to see where we had him <clears throat> at the okay. start of last year. All right, so new faces for, for the Hurricanes. Don't huh? Don't know. Didn't get picked early last year. Yeah, okay. Julian Savia coming in from Toulon. You might have heard of him before, Julian Savia. The yeah. bus? The bus. Yeah. So he's, he's going to be big coming back in. Exciting to see how he goes this season. And Simon Hickey coming in as a fly half cover. Se- Sevilla listed an outside <clears throat> back for a centre. He's an outside back? He's been playing centre. I know, but he's an outside back. Yes. I think we've got to debate this. I feel like he's an outside back, but this will be that will definitely be one we chat about. I mean, he's definitely more likely to have a wing spot in this team. Mind you, he's, maybe they're trying to shift him into centres because he's slowed up. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's old. He's like 29. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I think he's going to be, if if we get a good sniff that he could be playing centres, actually playing centres. I think the trials will, will yeah. make that, but yeah. we obviously need to do it before draft night as well. Yeah, for sure. For everybody. Yep, not just us. Simon Hickey. Simon Hickey as well. You mentioned him coming back across from Edinburgh <clears> as the, the man to try and push for that starting 10 jersey. He doesn't have a lot of competition. Home. I mean, he's got Jackson <laughs> Garden. Bashup. Don't say anything else. <laughs> okay. Jackson Garden Bashup, yep, okay. who has been good at minor 10. For me, hasn't done much at Super Rugby. Yeah. Losses for them. Ben May has just been released. I think get a bit old now. TJ Perinara going over to the Red Hurricanes in Japan. Fletcher Smith, one of the obvious fly Do you just choices. breeze over TJ Perinara? I'll come honest. back to him going over to the Shining Arcs. Blam! Going to 
Bordeaux. Cabas Van Vyck came for a season going to the Leicester Tigers and Chase Tiatia, we mentioned going to the Chiefs. TJ, like you said, TJ Perinara, Ben Lamb are the huge losses. So Ben Lamb in an attacking threat. I know yeah. that we mentioned Salisi Reyes already once in this podcast. I'm sure we're about to again. But he is a weapon and a couple of years ago we really thought he should have been the starting winger for the All Blacks uh, in the Caleb Clark molded to having a breakout season and maybe he wouldn't be going overseas. And TJ Perinara has marshaled this team for so long and they lost Bowden Barrett 12 months earlier. Now they've lost the rest of their playmaking duo. It's going to be a huge hole to fill. Yeah, look, I, for me, I just think it's too much. You, you take those two players out. Yes, it's over a couple of years. You have a couple other experienced campaigners there, but getting on in the, the likes of Dane Coles in my eyes, at least not everyone agrees. Um, it, it's going to be a big year for someone like Geordie Barrett has to step up. But I think, the experience of losing TJ Perinara is going to be massive. He's their communicator with the ref. You know, he changes ref's decisions. Who does that? Yeah. And and the other part of that is his obvious backup, who I actually think is amazing. A weapon. Jamie Booth yeah. broke his leg and he's damaged his knee. And I don't think he's going to be back for the first six or so weeks as well. That's that's the details all been on the casualty ward as well that we, uh, we have online, but that means that they've literally lost their two senior halfbacks. So they're going to have a young nine, yep. probably Jonathan Tamatine and uh, and Jackson Garden Bashup or Simon Hickey running around a 10. It's just a very inexperienced playmaking access. Yeah, yeah. I think it is, there's too much to, to, to cover there. If we're going to go into now their starting side, um, so we've got Tavita Mafaleo coming in as the starter, replacing Ben May, who, as you just touched on, was leaving. Dane Coles, we still think he's going to be their starter. He's obviously got a lot of competition with Asafa Amua and Ricky Riccatelli in that hooker jersey. And Tyrell Lomax, the Aussie, who we were happy to lose because hasn't improved me, impressed me as much yet. But he is a big guy with lots of raps. Um, and he's starting to get he's, some more and more experience. He's, a, he's starting he's, to get better. Yeah, I agree. I uh, just needed a bit more time there. James Blackwell and Scotty Scrafton are, for us, the the two picks. They've also got Kane Lau Pepe. Um, mid- Isaiah Walker-Leawere as well. Yep. And uh, Liam Mitchell mm. um, as well to, to cover that lock, lock jersey. My issue for them, their back row. Yes, they've got Artie Sevilla. Absolutely amazing. Doesn't matter if he's seven or eight, but he's really molded. None of us pick Artie Sevilla as our top fantasy scorer. It is pretty silly. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the reason is because he's playing for the Hurricanes. That's probably the the only reason. True. He has to do everything. (laughs) True. I can't believe we didn't pick him. Yeah. That's a shocker. I don't know. Where was he last year? Put him in as my fourth pick. He wasn't there because he didn't play most of the time. Yeah. But we were going for average points. He came back from his knee injury or whatever it was, and he was undercooked. Oh, yeah. He was very undercooked undercooked early. But he was definitely at full full steam ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, he will do everything for this forward pack. They've also got Duplessis Carifi as their first choice seven with Sevilla now out and out eight in, in our eyes in terms of for, for that squad at least. Loves a penalty. And uh, we we touched on last week that, you know, penalties are, are now going to be minus three points. Uh, minus, minus four. four. Rather yeah, than so minus, five. minus five. Yeah. So that's a slight benefit. That's probably another 10 points that you can get every week. Because <laughs> minus one point less for the penalties. But, look, he, he's definitely a workhorse for them as well. But Reed Princep is just not going to set the world alight for me. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him. They've got Vea Fafida. Um, Devin Flanders, Scareth Evans, um, and they've brought in young Braden Iossi as well. Yeah, um, who's a severe mold player, but obviously probably a bit early for him. Too young. 
All right, so I've got Jonathan Tamatine for the bulk of the season at nine for, for the reasons I mentioned before. Jamie Booth, I think, will slot back in as soon as he's healthy and will be an awesome late draft. Yeah, you want him in your team. Freak. Scores very well. Uh, Jackson Garden-Bashop uh, at 10. I, I don't see Simon Hickey coming back at this stage of his career, especially with him being never that well established in Super Rugby in 2014-15. I think it was when he was back at the Blues. Um, then you've got Nani Lamape, Peter Amonga Jensen. I think they picked themselves now. Do they? You said Sevilla maybe as a centre. <laughs> yeah, not as a starting centre. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't think you'll make the squad, mate. Yeah, definitely um, not. And then you've oh, got, I've not, got but... Salisi Rayasi at 11. I've got Wes Huysen at 14 and Geordie Barrett at 15. And, I mean, the only one there that is left out is Vince Asso, who I've been a huge fan of forever. Personally, and I've definitely got way less supporters now after how good Peter Ramunga Jensen was last year, I'd have Vince Asso at 13. I I think I would. You know, you, you've got Peter Ramunga Jensen or Salisi Rayasi, both to be out of, you know, hold down that jersey over Vince Arso, who I think has been amazing. One of the negative things for Vince Arso is he can cover center and wing. So mm. he's great off the bench. Yeah. And he's just such a dynamic finisher to, to, to the team. So Just give him 80 minutes, mate. Start him outside and shift him to the wing in the end. I'm okay with it. Let them both play little bits of games yeah. around him. That's fine. Him. But, yeah, I just... What year was it when him and Lamape were the first and second top try scorers in the competition? It was like 2016 or 2017. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yes. Anyway. Scary. Key questions. How the hell do you play with no Bowden and no TJ? Nelson, answer the question for them. I'll give you one word. Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> you you play poorly without them. Look, they've got some talented young players here. They, really, someone's going to have to step up and lead the team. You've got people like Laomapi as, you know, uh, elder statesman now for the team, but I don't see him as a team leader. Um, it's going to be a lot of pressure resting on Geordie Barrett's shoulders. Mm-hmm. I think he's got enough there resting on him, you know, probably taking over kicking, especially the at least the long-distance stuff, mm. um, and, and slotting in as a little bit of a, a first receiver as well. If he can really, you know, step up as a leader. He's too far away from the action. He's he slots in, he slots 10, in a 12, fair bit. Then I would, yeah, he's just too far away. I don't I, see it. I think they're going to struggle. Yeah, so do I. Um, can Simon Hickey wrestle the number 10 jersey of Jackson Garden Bashup? I've had my say. What do you think? I believe... He can. I believe he can get some starts. I don't know if necessarily believe he'll be, you know, week in, week out starter, earning that jersey and locking it down. I think he'll get some chances to, to start, uh, maybe after having some okay showings off the bench. But, you know, I, I'm not too excited about either of them. So I'll be honest. If they, they had this battle with him and Fletcher Smith last year. If they don't just back Jackson Garden Bashup as their first yeah, choice sure. now, it shows they have no faith in him whatsoever. That's fair. So especially he, with Flint, if, if he doesn't nail it down to start all year this year, I think he's gone. And they had James Marshall as cover for him as well. Yeah. So yeah. it depends what sent uh, what sent Fletcher Smith away. Did Fletcher Smith get upset with what was going on? I think he got released. To leave? No, I think he got released. Yeah. He hasn't got another club to go to. He's released. And he's, he's gone over to the NTT. Oh, from Shining Arc. So he has gone over to Japan. But, yeah, look, I, that's a fair point. The Hurricanes really need to back Jackson Garden Bashup. He is a talented player. He hasn't showed it as as much at Super Rugby level, but they should be backing him. But, uh, look, as I said, I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if Simon Hickey gets a few matches at, at starting at least. He's only 27. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, does Julian Zavia still have some game-breaking form left in him? Moments. But he's a bit slow. I don't know if he does. I think he'll bump some blokes, but I, I just don't. He's not a guy I'm going to be picking up unless I think I'm desperate. 
I would love someone that watched all of him through Mitre 10 Cup yeah. to let us know just how good you think he could be for the Hurricanes. I think he's probably... It's brutal considering what an amazing player he was, but I think he's probably a little bit too too far past it now at his age, even though he's not that old. What is he, 29, 30? He's 30. Wasn't there talks of him being not too good when he was over in France? I think it was at Toulon, though, mate. Everyone, everyone's a bit questionable there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> finally, will we ever see Asafa Amua get consistent starts or will Dane Cole play until he's 40 years old? Mate, this is the year Asafa Amua has the starting jersey out and out by the end of the year. Completely disagree. Dane Coles had a second coming and was the first choice Mate, pick for the All Blacks last year. I just, I think it's happening. It's going to it's gonna happen at some point. Dane Coles is a brilliant player. He's 34. He's not going to keep on playing year in, year out, year in, year out. I think he's going for the World Cup, mate. I just don't think he is. Mate, he's, he's 34. This is the year, I think, by the end of the year, Dane Coles might be starting unless they decide they want Amua throughout the rest of the year. But I think Dane Coles is getting less and less minutes throughout this year as the year goes on. Stocks are rising. Now, my pick for uh, the potential top scorer in the entire competition, Salisi Rayasi, has to be up there, right? No Ooh. Blam, no Benny Lamb, means they need a left winger. His competition is no one other than Sevilla. So, I mean, huge name, but you get put out to pasture as a winger in New Zealand if you're 27. So, <laughs> I think it's past him. So, I think it's Rayasi's year. He's fast. He's big. He's Caleb Clark 2021. Caleb Clark. You think he's going to get to that that height this year? Yeah. He's definitely taller, so he might get to that height. But, look, I, I think in terms of stocks of falling, we've already discussed them both. We won't, we won't go into it. Well, there's only one, really, I think. Vince Arso, just that competition with Peter Long Jensen, you know, getting that all-backs call up. Um, I just I, – I really want us to be wrong, but I think there's too much competition – so Vince Arso's on the stocks are falling. And the other thing is Billy Proctor seemed to be being picked above him as well. I just I don't get it, but he was. Yeah, I don't know. Smokies, we've got... I'm going to say this one because you shuffled, shuffled him away like he was nothing when we were talking about options for taking over Reed Princep. Devon Flanders, yeah, he is a weapon, mate. He was so good in Super Rugby last year when he came he was. at six. He scored well in fantasy footy as well, but he was just a very, very good player. I hope if there's one young gun to come through in this Hurricanes t- team, I hope it's him. He was very good when he had his chances last year, for sure. He's got Gareth Evans, I should say, floating around as well, who we can't discard. But obviously, he's a little bit older and already starting to fall out of favour with Reed Princip overtaking him as well. Yep. Uh, the next one's Kane Leo Pepe. Uh, obviously, there's we we listed a you know a relatively long list of names of people that could be taking that that um, second row jersey but he's a Samoan international he's had a run of injuries that you know is quite horrific in in recent years just to you know stop him from holding down that spot but when he's been there he has been absolute quality fits into super rugby really really well um, and he offers something that a, a few of the other players don't i think he just loves ball in hand and he's he's a quite an aggressive player he reminds me of Sidaleki Tamani okay you know, like just that kind of big unit, physical, dominant, hard running, running loose, uh, lock as well. Yep. Yeah, it's, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and look, the other one I've got as a smoky, which I think is probably a decent money, is Jonathan Tamatine, who I've already said uh, is, is going to start for the first six weeks or something for them. So if he runs the ball at all, which I don't know if he does, he'll be a decent half-tack pickup as well. And I reckon my, he'll snag him real late. Yeah, well. I reckon you could get him real late because my issue is there's a chance that Artie Sevilla picks the ball up at the back of the scrum and plays half-back. <laughs> so the old uh, dummy and go every single time. Yeah, but then to occasionally pass it. All right, look, this this podcast is getting to the lengthier end of things, so let's finish up with... 
Dessert Harry will edit that out after. Oh, shut up, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so New Zealand Conference rankings. Where do we think teams will end? Firstly, let's look back at 2020. Now, I went, I went back and listened to our podcast last year to hear what Sumo predicted. And before we get to his picks for teams, his player predictions were outrageously accurate. God, yeah. he just knew everything about rugby, and it's a shame not to have him here. I'll say one more time. But he... When he picks his teams and how they were going to go, he wasn't quite as good. He did pick the Chiefs to win the whole thing. <laughs> but we all put, also put them relatively high. No, no one went to win, though. No one went just, to win. Just Sumo. Everyone else was correct. Then he winner. had the Crusaders and the Blues, and then he gave up after that. He couldn't care less about the Hurricanes and Highlanders. Sorry, guys. Uh, I went Crusaders, Chiefs, Blues, Hurricanes, Highlanders. We all went Crusaders, Chiefs, first and second. So we're as good and bad as each other there. Blues, Hurricanes, Highlanders for me. So I feel like I've kind of taken the cake there with the closest. How? I picked, Hur- I picked Hurricanes third, who got third. So I got the Blues, mate. The Blues beat the Hurricanes, and I picked them to beat them. No, nah, mate. I-, I picked one and three. You picked one and two. No. That's No, you didn't even pick one and two. Sorry, you got Blues out of position. Yeah, we just... I got Hurricanes the in there. Right. Mate, yeah. you-, you cannot claim that. I'm sorry. The Chiefs are the only team I had out of position. Otherwise, I was all right. Because you just slide them to the bottom and everything. That's not right. how it works. You had no one in position except All right, for let's the... move on. Let's move on. And Kagi just was pretty average. He's got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kagi this year says Crusaders, Blues, Hurricanes, Highlanders, Chiefs. So exactly the same as what we saw last year. Which is what you had until oh. I put my team. You know what? I've got no idea. I've changed so many times. Other than the top two teams, I've changed everything else multiple times. Uh, Harry had the same until I put my team in and then decided right. to change it. Right. So I've gone Crusaders. And Blues, so the same as all of us here. But then I've gone, I think the Chiefs are going to be big risers. I was quite disappointed with them last year for, for a few reasons. I mean, they do have some big losses, but I think they're going to be better for the year and they're going to slot in at third. Mainly, I, I think Highlanders and Hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes I've got coming dead last because of what we explained recently. They just don't have any leadership, don't have any control in that back line. And I think, yeah, uh, Blues are going to slot in disappointingly in second, last, and fourth place. Everyone's, you know, counting their the Chiefs. Sorry, sorry Chiefs. I'm the Highlanders. Highlanders. Uh, Highlanders. So it's Crusaders, Blues, Chiefs, Highlanders, Hurricanes. You threw yeah. me off with the one above it. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I've obviously got Crusaders, Blues for second as well for obvious reasons. And then I feel like the other three are <clears> rolling the dice. So I'm going to tip Highlanders, Chiefs, Hurricanes, but please, like, just shuffle the deck and whatever. One, I reckon out. one of us are going to be right here. I reckon Hurricanes will come last. Yeah, so we're like... <laughs> We, we both said that. You had them in third. I don't know. I had them in fifth <laughs> before that. I'll tell you that. But yeah. Look, and, and the other part of the question we had for dessert was how do they fare in the Trans-Tasman competition? What, what are we expecting between the Australian sides and the New Zealand sides? So the Trans-Tasman comp, it's five rounds starting 14th of May. All the Aussie sides play all the New Zealand sides and vice versa. You don't play your own pool in it. And then the top two of the overall ladder play yep. in a final. Yeah. Look, I, I think there's two teams in Australia that can push for this. Let's just say straight up Crusaders are going to make finals. And then who's the other team? I haven't looked at where teams are playing. And I think that that is actually quite an important thing moving forward. The, the Brumbies are so awesome at home. So we've got the Trans-Tasman draw here. The Brumbies at home. They play the playing Blues Crusaders away, home. which is fine. The They're Blues, the Hurricanes and Highlands is all at home. They play the Chiefs away and the Crusaders away. For me, the big one there is the Blues at home. So I, look, I think the, the Brumbies have a, a crack at making 
making this final. There's there's a good chance they don't. I mean, there's a good chance it's you know Crusaders versus the the Blues or something along those lines. But I, I I do think that the Reds and the Brumbies have a chance at making this. The Reds, their style of play, I don't think you know really matches up to to this. But they get it versus the Crusaders at home and the Blues and the Chiefs and so the Blues you know, and arguably the, the top three. So I, they're both got a chance at making this this final, but um, hopefully it's not too Kiwi size. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. The the probably the favourite if you had to put money on something is going to be the Crusaders and the Blues to make the final. But um, I, I do like that the Blues have seemingly a bit of a harder draw as well. So definitely not out of the realm of the possibility that um, that they don't. And anyone versing the Crusaders is going to have a tough trot, which is all the Aussie teams. That's right. <laughs> so, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope we haven't completely bored you by the hour and 20-minute mark or whatever we're at now. And uh, you're right, it is far better without Kagi. We'll see if we can do it again next week. If you agree it's far better with, without Kagi, just let us know on Twitter and we can always kick him out. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> all right.